Greetings and welcome to the Wizard in the World podcast. Today I am joined by one of my dearest friends, Arya Tay. Arya, it is such a pleasure to have you with us. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so happy to be participating in this. I feel like I've got my radio voice on. I think we both have, but it's fine. It'll soften as we go along because I don't want this to be as much of a of an interview as I do want it to be an conversation. honest conversation. Exactly. But before we dive into the deep conversation, congrats adieu to you because you have just launched your first single. I have. I have indeed. Shall we start with that? Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I mean, so I've basically been doing music for well, for as long as I can remember, to be honest, but I've really been properly involved in the music industry, mostly in the UK for like the past, I'd say 10 years, maybe. And the last few years, I was mostly writing for other artists. And that's also exciting because there are a few artists I've been working with that I'm really excited about who are about to release as well some of the songs that we did together. So that's also going to be fun for me to finally, I don't know, I feel like as an artist, it's great to create the creative part of the process is great. But there comes a time where you just need to put things out, you need, you know, they need to take a life of their own. So I'm really, it's really nice that it's all synchronizing that it's my stuff as well as the stuff that I've been writing for other artists that are all coming out at the same time it feels like there's a momentum building so I'm really excited. Of course excited. I mean and you're a Leo like me so I have I your birthday is the 5th of August two it days is, before mine. Which is when the song came out so it was kind of like a gift to myself really for for all these years of work and finally I love it finally reaching a point where I think I finally found myself as an artist mm. and that's what I that's what I loved about the writing is that you know a lot of people in the industry will be quite reluctant to put their own project on the back burner and and maybe write for for other artists or or take different avenues in the industry for a little bit but it's actually what allowed me to get to this point now so I'm I'm really grateful for that I think it's it's helped me kind of get out of my comfort zone. I was writing styles of music that I don't usually necessarily listen to originally, which I now do, and it's definitely influenced how I create my music. So it's been it's been great. I'm I'm really excited that it's finally out for people to hear. Yeah, I mean, and we yeah. learn so much from everyone around us, but I do think that there is, you know, it's it's your time to shine. And I do think again, as Leos, we need we are the natural born performers. Yeah, we are. I have to say. We are. <laughs> we are. Yeah. We are. We are. And, and now is now is your time and I'm beyond thrilled. The single is called Balance. Do you it want is. to tell us a little bit more about kind of the background to that, what it means to you? Oh, balance. To be? The struggle of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, balance. There's so much to say about balance, isn't there, on so many levels. I mean... I think, you know, what was really great is we made this song during COVID. So I did it with two of my really close friends, Humble the Great, who's an amazing artist, producer, writer, performer, and AKA Block, who's also all three. And we'd been spending a lot of time together before the song was made. We, we met about, I think, maybe it will be two or three years ago now. And then the pandemic happened and we were kind of each other's bubble. We were the only people that we were seeing at the time. So we spent a lot of time together. And um, you can imagine like loads of conversations. We got to know each other really well. Mm. And we, we kind of all realized that we have this one thing in common is that middle grounds are quite hard for us to achieve. 
because we're artists and we're quite passionate, very it's very all or nothing a lot of the time. I definitely think the Leo plays into that as well in my yeah. case. <laughs> but you know, we all we all went through a hard time at, at different points in our lives. And and I feel like at that point during the lockdown period was a bit of a a breather for all of us to to be able to um to enjoy getting out of these bad times that we'd been through. And we created a lot during that time. I mean, Humble did a whole project that's amazing that's out at the moment. And AKA also created an amazing project that's going to be coming out soon. And so we were we were all at, at Humble's place and he played that beat that I felt in love with instantly. And we wrote the song, the three of us together. And it was great to write it with them because I think they completely understood the concept of you know, having like extreme highs and extreme lows, being quite emotionally polarized because of what we do and because of our personalities as well. And that's what the song's about. The song's about us realizing that at the end of the day, you can't really escape the lows when you're going through them. You just have to go through them, really. Mm. Um, and, and just accept that, you know, I think you come to realize that you find balance in the imbalance. I know it sounds really con like contradictory and doesn't really make sense, but if you can go with it and ride the wave and just not let it, you know, make you feel like you're going to be stuck there forever, you eventually come out of it just, I guess. Well, you, you, you dive. I mean, I, I always use the example in my book, ironically called Waves, which is when you resist the wave, be it of emotion or of life, it will crash against you. But if you can dive under it, dive into it, you will come out the other side feeling refreshed and renewed and alive. But you Definitely. just have to kind of trust and embrace that process. I mean, when you said emotionally polarized, that really struck me because I think we have so much... Um, there is so much of that around us. And I think the pandemic really allowed or forced us even to kind of sit with ourselves. I mean, so many people around me, I think, you know, you were describing the highs and lows as relating to artists. And I think that's definitely the industry where it's probably most acknowledged. But I think we all have those highs and lows, especially as women. And there is such discomfort around acknowledging that. And the pandemic, I think, was a time for so many people to kind of sit with themselves and be like, okay, everything else is stopping around me, but what's happening inside of me? I mean, you were mentioning the pandemic and how you were writing. Do you feel that the pandemic changed your writing at all or changed your musical style? I don't know if it changed it or if it just allowed me to, to dive into it on a bit of a deeper level of things that were probably already there, but that I'm just not giving myself the time to look into. I know that, you know, I've decided I want to be a lot more intentional with the lyrical content of my songs and with the overall feel of them musically as well. Like I, I think I'm now creating from a space where I almost don't really, I mean, of course, I hope that people connect to it and love it and that it, you know, that it can give them the reaction I used to get when I used to listen to my favorite songs. But I think I've realized the most important is I have to love it. And I wouldn't really at this point put out anything yes. that I would not, myself want to listen to on repeat you know so i, I mean because a lot of time in the industry a lot of times in the industry you would make a decision based on what you think might work best or what might be more popular or you know further your career more and and i think at some point maybe you do have to make those choices but i'm quite lucky that i'm at mm -hmm. this point now because i'm starting no one's really expecting anything from me yet so i have this kind of extra freedom to be able to do what Total I really want. Free. 
and to present myself as honestly and genuinely as possible. So this is this is what I'm doing at the moment. I think this is why I've fallen in love with the, the new songs that I've been working on so much because they really are all me. And Obvious. some of them might sound sonically, but also lyrically very different from each other, but they are all a part of me. It's It's this concept of like not, it's having these different sides to you that you have to accept to live with on a daily because they all make up you and it doesn't mean that like you're being a different person on one day or that you're not being true to yourself it i don't think anybody has just one particular side that you know is constant and, and why um, do we why do we want to constrain people to be just one one thing anyway i mean it's like the very cliche example is i mean i I'm sure that you've had this as well, actually, because I think you and I have similar personalities in the way that we present ourselves outwards. So we're mm -hmm. often very, well, we're both extroverted and we're outgoing and we're confident and we can be quite loud. And we are blessed, I would say, with, you know, being relatively happy people in terms of how we interact. But of course, you're going to have down days and you have that, you know, the typical, oh, you're not smiling. What's wrong today? And it's kind of like, well, why do I always have to be that version? Like, why can't I also express this other side of myself? And why does it cause such discomfort in you when you're faced with it? Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting point because I think the part that I struggled with the most when I went through my lowest point, more than actually the reasons why I had reached that point, which I only figured out later on, I started feeling bad before I even understood why. But I think what, what I was struggling with the most during that phase was... I felt like I was not being myself and I, I didn't know how to handle being so low because I'd never felt that way before. And also wow. people around me didn't really know how to react to me because that was not the person that they knew at the time. And I was almost like, I think I was, I was almost, I was judging myself for it and I was quite angry at myself for not being able to get myself out of it. Why couldn't I snap out of it? I think that was my biggest thing is why am I not able to snap out of it? Mm. Because up till then I was able to snap out of everything or maybe I would just like put it in the, well, I realized later I wasn't, I was just putting it in the back of my head and forgetting all about it. But that was, that was the hardest part was for me to, it was a new side of me that was a part of me, but it just never really had, it had never kicked in before. Mm. And I didn't like it because it was completely out of my comfort zone. I didn't have a mechanism in place to deal with it like I did with everything else. And I got lost as a result. Wow. And it was just, that was the part of it at the beginning, I think, that I, I think it got me deeper into feeling bad because I was really trying to fight it. As opposed, shame. To, as opposed to understanding it and, and just going through it, you know? So what, what would you say brought you out of it was it time therapy. or was it therapy mm. my god god bless therapy honestly <laughs> god bless therapy god bless my therapist and and you know what i i do have to give myself a little pat on the shoulder for actually also having the courage to go through with it because if i can say one thing is my first year of therapy what made me feel worse than how I was feeling before I got into therapy because mm. obviously at that point now you've agreed to unpack everything and open Pandora's box of all the things that like you never really even knew you had issues with and it's like a very very intense journey 
and it's very hard to stick with it because it's it's it could be quite brutal for certain people so i always tell people i'm like therapy is really for whoever's ready for it you shouldn't go into it because you're getting pressured into it or because you think it's like the right thing to do that you really have to feel like you're ready for it because it's a it's quite it's quite an, a journey <laughs> and, and be willing to look at yourself i mean I would actually give yourself more than a little pat on the back because that is your journey and your work. I know people who have been to therapy and and they feel that they don't get any insights and nothing changes, but that's because they're going expecting someone to wave a magic wand. Exactly. And solve everything. But there is no magic wand. Like you are the magic wand. And it's, it's actually you the looking opposite. at yourself. It's actually the opposite. The, per the other person doesn't give you a magic wand. The other person probably like mirrors everything you're trying to mirrors see everything yeah more. so like it's it's really intense but it's changed my life it's changed my life and it's um it's funny because as as i grew more comfortable with myself obviously from accepting the sides of myself that were you know not the ones i was used to seeing or or sitting with or even the new ones that came out of me realizing like oh i've been doing this my whole life or i've been thinking this way or acting this way but actually mm. now that i look at it I don't like it. It doesn't really make me feel comfortable. It's not really right. Let me try something different. And then I changed as a person based on like rediscovering what actually sits better with me. Um, That's beautiful. And it's so funny because as a result, like you were saying earlier, like that we're extroverts, but actually I would now consider myself an introverted extrovert. I was which, about to say that because that's which actually is, on the Briggs thing. Which is, I'm actually, you know, I love my time alone. Like, I Me and I too. need my time alone on a daily basis, not even just on like a phase basis. Like, I need a certain hours alone a day to be able to function properly. So, if you throw me in a social environment, no problem. I'll, you know, I have no inhibitions. Like, I can speak to a wall, I'll make conversation, I'll be comfortable, everything. But then when I go home, I'm just as happy to be home and not surrounded by it and have my time with me and myself and I and, and you know. And it's, the, and it's the environment. I mean, I always, I mean, it's it's funny because you're right. The introverted extrovert definitely sticks, but it's also, I think, the extroverted part in the correct environment. So I always love this example of a seed. And if you put a seed in fertile soil, it will obviously flourish and grow. But if you put a seed in sand, nothing will happen. And it could be yeah. the most potent seed in the world. But it, you know, it's just not in its right environment. And for me, that's kind of translated as being much more intentional of my environment. And that is not just kind of on, on a base level, what I'm eating, what I'm consuming, but it's what I'm consuming in terms of energy. What am I reading? What am I watching? Who am I surrounding myself with? Where am I intentionally going? Where am I investing my time? 100%. I mean, one thing's for sure is, you know, as much as connections with other people, so even just a conversation with someone, you know, you can leave a conversation with someone feeling like your battery's on like 110%, right? But mm. the same way I could literally be sitting at a dinner and my killer is small talk. I, I can't handle small talk anymore. <laughs> it literally, like, it drains me to an extent I can't even explain. And it's so funny how something as, as trivial as someone just not connecting and just making conversation for the sake of being polite, or or which which is fair enough, I can understand. I mean, it's better that than someone ignoring you, right? 
But actually, I don't know if it's better, to be honest. Maybe I'd rather be ignored. <laughs> I'd just probably go into my little own world in my head and not even notice that I'm being ignored. Like, <laughs> that can literally leave you so drained. And I think this is where the, as you said, the introverted extrovert thing kicks in is like, if you put me in a social environment that doesn't feed me, I will revert to being an introvert. I'll probably go sit in a corner and I just won't interact with anyone. I've become so good at being able to gauge which kind of environments would do that and which wouldn't that I, as you said, I kind of curate my circle and I curate my environment. So it doesn't happen to me that often anymore. And that's a big, it plays a big part in keeping my levels of happiness quite high. I mean, talking of the energy, because what you were describing is the energy surge with the right person. Do you happen to know what your energy type is in human design? I was told I was, a, I think it's a six, is it a six nine or a six three? It would be a 6-3, but do you know what the energy type is? So that's the profile. That's the kind of... No, um, so I was told I was a 6-3. Um, so t tell me more about the energy type, because maybe if you describe it, I'll remember what I was told. So there are five energy types in human design. There's the projectors, the reflectors, manifestors, generators, and manifesting generators. And they all... I was told what I was. What were you? I'm a manifester. Manifester or manifesting generator? Yeah, that one. Whichever the second one. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's so funny. So I'm I'm that as well. And that energy type is often linked with people who have multi like we're multi-passionate people. I'm we have, not surprised, yeah. Yeah, lots of interest. We pick things up very quickly, but you kind of dip in and out of projects as well. And so people on the outside might be like, oh, where's this frantic energy going? But you know exactly what you're doing and how it's happening. But what made me think of it is when you're in flow as a manifesting generator, you're, you will get literally like a surge of energy from, you know, the universe, God, call it what you will, that will carry you through. And so you will feel that is basically your, your gut telling you what is right for you is when you leave feeling 110%. Yeah. And when it's not aligned, you as a manifesting generator, even though you have all of this kind of constant energy, if it's not flowing, the energy won't flow. And to someone like, you and me that might seem very obvious because that's just how we live our life and i know that obviously on a friend level you and i talk a lot about being in flow and we might come onto it in a bit but for other types it's weird for people they don't understand because they don't actually have that same energy surge this is what was so you know to come back to to for instance the creative process right it's you know how you could have I don't know if it's, I mean, you probably wouldn't see it from that standpoint because I, I'm, I'm seeing it from the, the viewpoint of someone who actually created the song. Sometimes you'll make a song and you can hear that it's a hit and that it's amazing, but you are not feeling it so much and you'll put it out and there's everything about it screams that it's a great song, but it doesn't connect. And I really do mm. think that like, for some reason, I don't know how or why, but people on the other end, even though they're not physically in your presence, you're not singing it to them in person. It's all through, let's say, your phone or your computer. They can feel your lack of connection with it. It's and it frequency. doesn't perform as well. And I've, I've always found that fascinating. And, and that's why I think, you know, it's so important when you're creating, regardless of whether it's music or any other thing, even if everybody disagrees with you about something, if your gut is screaming at you, that this is the one for you. You need to go with it because it's not actually necessarily the product itself that's, that's I'm realizing that now, it's not the product itself that's garnering 100% of the interest. It's actually, half of it is really how you feel about it. 
and the energy you've put into it while you're Mm. creating it so like for instance when I created balance it's like when when aka block was was writing some of the lyrics with me he he knew exactly what I was trying to say or how I felt about something because he had felt like that at one point in his life as well or he was going through it then and so we all kind of wrote it as if it was our not as if it was it related to all of us so everybody's intention towards it was so legit and genuine in terms of like the content of the song and I think that's what makes it so special to me is that I know that all three of us that were involved in it relate to it the same way um in terms of um of content so it, it really does make it special to me in that sense and that's I mean, why I'm happy it's mm-hmm. the first one that's coming out as well well I love what you say the first one because I'm like I can't wait to see what's next yeah um, there's next definitely but the the following I mean it's so true because and I think it's something that you're really good at and you really helped me with this actually last year as well which was really trusting in that process and trusting in the flow and we talk a lot together about divine timing and following our dreams but also letting the dream guide you I mean we actually met in Egypt so for everyone who's listening Arya is half Egyptian half Irish I think that's right right yes well three quarters Egyptian a quarter Irish but to be fair I do consider myself half half because my Irish side was quite was quite prominent when I was quite prominent yeah my Irish grandmother was really played such a huge role in in my childhood and how I grew up and and how I, you know, this side of me that's really into spirituality is just a natural progress for me being very much into fairy tales when growing up. And that definitely mm. came from her. She used to, she taught me all the nursery rhymes. She, um, you know, she was the one that created that magical fairy tale world for me that wow. like no one else I think at that point was doing. And, you know, it's the Irish side. Obviously, they believe in leprechauns and, you know, uh, you know, magical beings and fairies <laughs> and stuff like that. And I was, I guess I was probably predisposed to really believing in that stuff. But she, she really, she's the, she's a big part of my creativity as a result because of it. Because if you look at the video, it's, it's got a bit of a fairy tale aspect to it. And all my visuals have a bit of that fantastical side to them. And I really do credit that to her. So I, I do feel like her influence, you know, her Irish influence was, was quite, quite big in my life for sure. That's beautiful. And I just, I love it. I love it. It's trusting in the magic of life really. I mean, when we met, it was the pandemic and what I found so magical about the meeting was that we both ended up in Egypt unplanned essentially yeah. and we hadn't planned on really being there we hadn't planned on staying but it was just so seamless in how it came together it was it was such a magical few months actually and I think it was a time of such growth and expansion and I remember even then as you were kind of evolving through your music and you were having such personal experiences that were I think shaping you and I think we were both being shaped by external factors far more than we had ever anticipated at that point in time but when I look back now I'm like wow you know, that really has brought me to where I am today. And I'm so I mean, you literally grateful. moved. <laughs> I literally moved. You literally moved. So <laughs> it has definitely brought you to where you are today, for sure. <laughs> but even in terms of your, um, of your creative process, I mean, you were just talking about your visuals. So, and you were saying that you have pretty much full creative control. Is that right? 
Yes, at this point. I, it's funny because I think a big part of my journey as an artist was finding not just my sound, but also visually, like where I sit. I, I really do, visuals are a big part of how I listen to music. So even, you know, back in the day when I was growing up, like videos always used to bring a different, it brought the song to life a different way and it made me either like the song more or think of it differently or, and, and I, I know that every time I would create a song that I really love, the visuals kind of pour into my head straight away. And for the longest oh. time, it would do that with songs that I would write for other people, but it never did for me. I never quite got it right. And it used to frustrate me so much because I knew deep down that if the visuals don't come to me as I'm making the song, it means that I'm not connecting to it fully or not the way that I should as an artist. Mm. And so for these songs that I've made um, for the project that's going to come out, every song I've had the visual just pour into my head straight away. So it's been very fortunate for me that I'm in a situation where I can have full creative control because I really, I can really make things look the way they are in my head. And that's been, it's such an amazing thing to just have this thing in your head and then see it, you know, it's like, see it come to life. It, it is quite different from, from the sound side of, of creating. And as, as much as like, it's a lot to take on to be, you know, the one in charge of all aspects of everything. There's, there's also a freedom in that that I, I feel very grateful for because I know a lot of people around me don't have the same amount of freedom. So, you know, they've got teams on board and it's great and they get the push and, and they have things that I probably, you know, would love to have at this point as well. But there's nothing like having full creative freedom over your art. Freedom is it, just it really should be everything. Like yeah. Freedom is yeah, everything. I mean, Freedom for me in my life is, I mean, and, and it's, I completely relate on a creative side. When I look at my books, for example, having that free, like freedom and that creative control, but even just in my life, freedom of my time, even in my, even in my relationships, like my romantic relationships, I remember saying to my partner, I was like, listen, freedom for me is a huge thing. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, we, I think people get a bit confused by the word freedom because it's so abstract. It can mean so many things to different people. But I was like, even on a kind of psychological mental level, it's having that freedom of just knowing that I can grow and evolve and be and explore and create. And, you know, creativity is, I mean, I think creativity is life. That sounds really cliche, but it's true. No, creativity is everything. I 100% agree. And the thing about having the freedom in it as well is like, it allows you also to make really important mistakes. Um, mm, tell growth, us more. Well, my growth has has sped up just from the fact that I was in charge. Like, I've learned so, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. And you know, the temptation is to try and, you know, when you have a team on board, obviously they have your best interest at heart. So what they're going to do is they're going to try and, they're a bit like parents in that sense. They're going to try and avoid as many mistakes as possible, which is great as long as you have them on board to then, you know, carry on sharing their expertise with you. But when it's up to you, you really need to know your world and your art inside out. And there's no better way of doing that than just trial and error. You, you have to fail. You have to make mistakes. And it sounds so cliche, but really it's important to remember because when things don't go your way it's so depleting especially as a creative it's the most frustrating that's when you hit the lows 
You know what I mean? Like you feel like you're not good enough mm. and why can not I make it happen? And maybe I'm not meant to do this and the self-doubt is just crippling. Um, but if you manage to just in the back of your head have that little thing where you're really convinced that like it was meant to happen this way, as we were saying, just trusting the way the universe takes things, then it just keeps you going. And I think that's that's the most important. You just have to keep going. Yeah, and you know, I've started renaming mistakes actually as course corrections. Yeah, I like that. That's great. Yeah, you know, it's just it's uh, oh, actually, it's like one of my favorite memes used to say when when something unexpected in your in your life happens, just shout plot twist and run the other way. (laughs) And it's really that you know, there's so much burden around the word mistake, and there's so much pressure to get everything right. And I mean, even with this podcast, people keep asking me all the time, like you know basically what's the end goal and what's the end game and I'm like you know it's the end game is now it is just it is being in this creative process it's letting it happen it is you know there's a great saying I can't remember exactly how they say it in Spanish but you know the wanderer makes the path through walking you know the outcome of the path isn't known it becomes clear as you walk and it sounds it sounds so simple and so basic doesn't it but like really when you think of it everybody always jumps to where they want to be. It's very hard not to always keep, it's always good to keep obviously focus of where you want to end up. But I think when you're going through the process of getting yourself there, you really have to start seeing things on more of a micro level because I mean, God, my goal is to be worldwide, you know, renowned and I will be front stage at all your shows you'll be backstage what do you mean front stage stage (laughs) but like it's it's this thing of like obviously you know your your goals are so big especially as a creative some not everybody but like some people you know if if you're going to put up with the stuff that you have to put up with it's usually because you have a big end goal and of course if I look at like Rihanna, Beyonce or JLo and I look at where I am it's so easy for me to think like oh my god I'm never gonna make it like it's so it seems Mm. so far away but then if I just look at it in terms of like I want to make a song I love step one all right done now I want to make a visual I love to it all right step two done okay now I'm going to release it like and things and that's really what matters it keeps the excitement going and I think you know like they say follow your highest excitement because that's obviously your spirit and your gut speaking to you telling you that you're on the right path if something doesn't excite you there it usually means that you know there's a as you said a redirecting that needs to be done or maybe it just means that it might not be exactly what you're trying to to achieve but you think it is or that, that you're meant to achieve sorry And I think having those little steps and finding like success in the smaller things uh, is the only thing that stops you from losing your mind. Cause you'd go crazy. (laughs) Honestly, you would go crazy otherwise. But it's following the joy every day. I love that you said that because it's true. It's following, it's finding the joy in the everyday, in every step and nurturing that and trusting that that will grow. And the thing is we're actually taught the opposite to some extent. We're not, we're not, or at least we're not taught to look at things that way because we're taught to always anticipate in order to be prepared. Like there's this thing of preparation Mm. and and like I've been really having to like redefine what preparation means for me because if preparation means that I have to think of all the ways in which my releases are going to fail, 
it's not a very good mindset for me to be in. It works for so certain true. industries. Like if you work in an industry that is like a, a risk control type industry, there are jobs that are literally based around that. Your job is to risk control. Fine, then that works for you and that's great. But when you're a creative, first of all, already you are jumping into the most unplanable, if that's a word, world you could ever be in, right? Like there yeah, is but also, but, but, So you, you can be prepared in the sense that like you can keep working on your craft so that when an opportunity comes, you feel like you've already had enough studio sessions that if all of a sudden you end up in a session with a huge producer, you don't feel, you know, like you don't know what you should be doing and stuff like this. But there's a difference between preparing because you're looking at the positive outcome, which is I'm going to go to studio every day because one day I'm going to be in studio with this huge producer and I'm going to know exactly what to do and it's going to be great. Or preparing by saying like, you know, oh my God, I need to do X, Y, Z so that it doesn't fail. It's, it, it's, it sounds like it might be the same thing, but it's not because you Absolutely. and I talk about that a lot. We know that like, it's the universe doesn't really listen to in to, to the positives or negatives in which you phrase things. It listens to the actual subject matter you're talking about and the the energy intention. behind it and the intention. If you approach things from a place of fear, you're just gonna manifest it. You know what I mean? And like I watch interviews of some of the biggest artists or even people that I've met around me that have been hugely successful. And it's been fascinating listening to them. There was one producer I was in with once, and he's also an artist and someone from America, hugely successful. He'd worked with Drake and like big people like that. And I remember like he felt so fearless. And I told him, I'm like, what's your like, what's your secret? Like, how how did you get to the point that you're at? And he looked and he's like, I don't think about it. I just do what I want. I do what I feel. I love that. <laughs> and I remember, I remember thinking it's probably the most simple answer anybody could have ever given me. And at the same time, I remember thinking like, it was so bold. What do you mean you do what you want? People can well, do how many? You yeah. can do what you want. And then all of a sudden, like all of these things started putting but what about this? And what about that? And what if someone says this? And I realized like, the reason why his answer literally stopped at that is because all the things that were pouring into my head that I was thinking of, he doesn't think of them. Mm. He doesn't care. He's like, my gut says this is right and this is what I'm going to do. And I think that's the beauty of basically having no regrets. You know, you go for it and you let yourself be seen. And yes, it might fuck up, but then you will course correct. And, but what if it goes right? You know, I mean, it's so funny because speaking of, therapy back to the beginning I don't know if you know this but I recently stopped my therapy after five and a half years and as we were kind of coming to a close I remember she was asking me about a, a lot of questions and I'm I know she meant well but it was kind of like but what if this happens and what if this happens I mean essentially what I was hearing was what if all of this goes wrong you know and I remember just looking at her and saying but what if it goes right and then I'll have been myself and given it everything and you know and I'll have tried and I'll have lived and I'll have been brave. I mean, I 100% I agree with that. And I think you have to be, it, it really is about like a, a big theme in my life is be brave. Everybody has it at whatever level they're at in their life, right? For some people, it might be breaking away from 
things that you've been taught when you were younger or breaking away from a certain life that you were told you're supposed to be leading or families or jobs or stuff like that. I think with me, it's on so many levels. It's all these things, but also my face is out there with my releases. Like I'm literally yeah. putting my whole being out there. And if it fails, it's on a, a teeny bit of a more public scale than, <laughs> than, than you know, than if it was just you know, in, in, in a small social circle or within family or whatever. Um, so the amount of courage, I think that like artists, it's almost delusional to a point, you know what I mean? It's so funny because it's, it's the kind of industry where you're so involved in yourself because you are your own subject matter, right? So it is really a lot all about you in the sense where, it's how you look, it's your photos, it's your video, it's very self-involved in a way. And at the same time, you have to be so self-detached in order to be able to just keep going. Because it's also so think, freeing. Oh God. It's it's such a complicated once more, there you go. Balance. What a what an extreme balance to achieve. Literally looking at yourself so closely, listening to your voice, looking at your photos, looking at your video, and at the same time being able to be detached enough that if like you get people writing horrible comments under your video and it, it doesn't really shake your sense of self. I mean, of course, everybody's going to feel a way about it, but that it doesn't make you give up. You know what I mean? That's um, also special about you retaining your creative processes because actually at the end of the day, whether people like it or don't like it, it is you. You have been true to yourself. And there is freedom and peace in that because actually what is left to fear you know you've done this most scary thing you've put it out there yeah definitely I mean it's like you with your books right because obviously all of your poetry is your own personal experience and it's oh wow. it's your, <laughs> it is it's your deepest darkest thoughts it's it's your I mean your I had a quotes. it's also extremely I mean you are literally opening your heart and your mind to whoever is reading and it's you it's you funny know, it, though that you bring up the books because the, it's because uh, it is a process. And I remember I used to be so afraid for anyone to read my poetry. So at first I showed no one. Yeah. I showed like a couple of a couple of friends. I remember showing my therapist. She was like one of the first people I showed. And then I started a blog with a pseudonym and because I, I was so afraid that people would know it was mine. And so by the time I eventually decided to put it out, it was such a huge it, it did. It was courage. Like you said, it took a huge amount of courage. And to be honest, when the first book came out, I lay on my sofa for a week and honestly didn't move. It was like a vulnerability hangover. I was like, yeah. oh my God, what have, I, what have I done? But yeah, after that, it was freeing and it was, yes, it was brave and yes, it was personal, but I, I, I would do it all again. And actually being able to share my own process. I don't know if you feel in a similar way, but for me, it's the sharing it is the most exciting, but I mean, I love creating it, but being able to share it for me is is the highlight you know what i've realized is that i think if if you're um if you're in a in a situation where what you're doing or or your activity in life or or your job or whatever you want to call it is reliant on you sharing yourself you know in the most open vulnerable real way the only, well, I found that for me anyway, because based on what you were saying earlier that, you know, like, because I've got full creative control, it's me. So at the end of the day, if people don't like it, then 
you know, I mean, there is one way of looking at it is you could take it personally because you're like, they don't like me. You know what I mean? But, but I mean, I choose mm. not to look at things that way. So it wouldn't really, I don't think it would be that. I mean, we'll see, <laughs> but I don't think it would come <laughs> to that. But I think what makes me so confident. So when we were talking about having the courage to be able to put something that is fully you out, I think more than necessarily the quality of what you're putting out, because that always keeps evolving. Things are always going to sound better, look better. The more budget you get, the better your visuals are going to look. The bigger people you work with, the better your, your songs might be, or the more exposure you'll get. Like, you know, things always evolve. It's more about if you're going to put yourself out there as your true self, you need to really know who you are. Because I think the part where you would probably have the most cringe moment is if both reactions happen, whether people love it or hate it, imagine people love something you put out, but it's not actually really who mm. you are. Now you're stuck with having to play this persona Absolutely. that is so tedious because you're playing a role every single day of someone or something that's not really you. That gets really taxing. And then if they don't like it, you have this thing of like, but wait, no, that's not me. Like, if you're not going to like it, at least don't like it for who I really am. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's this thing. of Absolutely. Like, and then you start feeling bad because you're like, maybe if I had really been myself, then they would have liked it. it it's it's like, but so. I think, life is too short. Life is too short. Yeah, life is too short. Definitely. And, and I think the bravery definitely comes from being very confident in who the person you're putting out there is. You know what I mean? So with me, with this song. The lyrics are what I've, they're very much what I've been through. They're very much what I've been through. You know, like mm. I will say I, I have had extremely low moments. I will say that I do get moments where I'm emotionally polarized and it's very hard for me to find balance and it's very hard for me to, to, to navigate, you know, there's, there's moments of self-doubt and then there's moments of like extreme self-confidence. It all kind of works with each other on a daily basis. And I'm fine with that. I've finally reached the point where I've accept, I've, I've found out who I was and I've accepted who I was. And that's why it's easy for me to put things out there because I think you have to accept who you are first before you put something out there for other people to either accept or not. You know what I mean? Mm. Like and, and to approach it with compassion and yourself with compassion. I mean... Because the, the funny thing is, is you can put something out at one point in time and it can be you. And so I come back to the books in that respect. I look at my first two books and they're things I wrote in my mid-20s, but I'm so different now. But I, I look back at them and, and there was a period of time where I did feel a li little bit like, oh God, what have I done? And now, you know what, I just look at them with compassion and I, and I laugh at them. Like I laugh at my younger self, but not like with the love I'm, and you know, it's can we have compassion for all those sides of ourselves and all of our evolution? And as an audience, I think being able to like witness the journey is the best part. I mean, mm. I look at my favorite artists and, you know, um, I mean, it's no secret to anybody who knows me. Like, I absolutely love Kendrick Lamar. I think he's incredible. I am, you know, the lyrical content to me is just on another level. And it's so funny because the one thing a lot of people that are fans of his will, will say is that the best part of him bringing out a new album, even more than like whether the songs are hits or whether we, we you know, sonically we love it or whatever it is, we want to know where he's at now because 
he's been so clear about where he's at at every album that he puts out you know exactly what he's going through at the time where he made the songs and he's always so insightful and he always you know describes things in a way where you really get a perfect picture of who he is at that point that when the next album comes out you still remember what you heard on the first one you're like oh my god like he used to think like this but now he's and he reverts back to it saying i used to think that blah 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 but i'm realizing now that this and it's fascinating like when when you you know when you when you like an artist and you're interested in 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 their thoughts and 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 what they feel and their opinion and stuff like that it's fascinating to see the progress but even for people on a musical level also someone you know an artist that you might not listen to the lyrics to as closely but you love the music of you know you go back to the old albums and then you hear the progress and there's just some sort of like excitement of feeling like you you feel like you know them better that's what it uh, is. You've I seen, think the you've connection seen happens at that point. The connection happens at the point where you feel like you're starting to get a full picture of the artist and you almost feel like if you met them, you would know what they would be like. Um, now, whether that's the truth or not um, is not what I'm really saying. Is What I'm saying is the excitement for me anyway and from people around me that I know tends to come from that aspect of things. So it's great to have like past work out there and it's great to have, you know, an evolution in what you do. I mean, I don't think there's anything to be embarrassed about or or anything to be to shy away from because absolutely anything, it's it's the best um spotlight on your new material that comes out. Mm. Well, and so looking back at your own journey and your own process, yeah, what definitely. piece of advice would you give your younger self today? You know, I ask myself that question a lot because people always ask me like, oh, you know, do you feel like you would have liked to reach that point that you're at now earlier in your career? And I think about it and I'm like, actually, no, because if things had happened to me even just three years ago, the way they're happening to me now, I don't think I would have been in a space as a person to be able to handle it the right way. I, I really feel like everything happened exactly how it would. So in terms of what I would tell my younger self, I mean, I wouldn't really tell her to do anything differently, if I'm honest. That's that's amazing. I wouldn't. I think I would that's just... so great. I wouldn't even try and avoid the very low depressive phase that she went through I would actually let her go through it I I really wouldn't wow. I mean the if I could meet her I would just tell her maybe I'd give her a little like you know wink and be like keep going you'll be fine I love it and that's it do you know what I mean like I would probably just leave it at that I would just say keep going and trust your gut but I did do that mm. so you know it's not like I would be giving myself advice that I didn't already have at the time kind of mm. thing mm. but I would probably just like reinforce it a little bit I love that yeah the way that I've been ending every episode is I've been asking all of my guests ask me anything before we go so is there anything that you would like to ask me I wish I thought of that a little bit before. We talk so much. That's why it's so hard for me to like, I feel like <laughs> we have such long catch-ups. I have to think of something that- um, It can be anything, whatever I'm comes so to mind. Well, you know what? What advice would you give your younger self? Because I've relax. never asked you that before. Yeah, I would tell my younger self to relax. 
actually I think I would do that too because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually that's what I mean I think I think I would give a different answer on different days but I would I think my younger self was so um I never even realized that I was an anxious person, although I now self-describe as an anxiety addict somewhat. Oh my God, welcome to my world. Yeah, I, I really, I didn't realize that, that I was anxious until, until I went to therapy, but <laughs> I, she was like, you know, I think this is anxiety. I was like, really? There's a name for this? <laughs> I'm not anxious. Um, no, I would, jokes aside, I would, I would just tell myself to relax. You know, we always hear all of this stuff about trusting in the process, trusting in the journey, and I think it's much harder to actually accept in our soul and in our body than, you know, than just on a mental level. And I think if Emily, when she was much younger, could see Emily now, if I could just tell her, you know, like, relax, everything's going to be fine. You know, you're going to get to where you need to be. That's, that is what I would tell her. I think, honestly, I think that's actually the best advice for anyone at any point in their life for, forever. Relax. Relax. It's like Mika's song. Relax, take it easy. I'm not going to do the singing. You can do the singing. <laughs> you knew it. Yeah, no, it, it's, um, it's definitely, I mean, it, it is pretty much the secret to everything. You can't really let your gut take over if, you're inter if your brain is interfering with it. You know what I mean? So, Well, you know what, because we were about to wrap up this episode, but I do have to say this because that is such a good point. And it's a concept that I learned in, um, I can't remember who it was from. I think it was from... Marcus Weston, who is brilliant, everybody should go follow him. And he was saying that trusting your gut, it's a bit like a plug in a wall. And so you, in order to trust the gut or the electrical impulse, you need to be sure that you're plugging in the right frequency or the positive frequency to get Very the positive cool. gut response. Because if you are in a lower level frequency or if you are coming from a place of fear, you will get a gut response, but it will not be the gut response that will guide you in the right direction. Exactly, exactly. So there you go. I, uh, I really do think that relax is the perfect advice because the moment you quiet your brain and you quiet your body, your gut, your gut can speak freely. You know? Maybe that's what we'll call today's episode, balance and relax. Balance and relax. I like that. That's <laughs> Aria, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to thank be linking so all of your info in the podcast details. You must go listen to her single. It is out now on all major streaming platforms. It is waiting to be heard by you. Aria, from my heart to yours, so much love. Thank you so much for so coming much on. Love. Thank you. Thank you for joining The Wizard in the World. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe. Thank you so much for all your support. We can't wait until next time. Until then, don't forget to stay magic.